This is the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast. We are back after about a month off. So tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your kids, because we are gearing up for the last stretch of the season, especially now that one Ben Simmons is gone. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review, maybe a little five-star rating too. On today's episode, the James Harden era has officially begun. Some appreciation for Daryl Morey. Maxi is the third piece in the big three. We'll talk about how Toby is fitting in with his new role. What we think is going to happen with Ben Simmons on the nets and some very premature season ending predictions. So with all that being said, here is first name Dean. Welcome to the return of the Sixers Group Therapy Podcast. I am your host, Alex Wynn, a.k.a. Nuge, back and feeling better than ever after a month in Costa Rica. And we have a ton to get to, and I have the full squad with us, starting with the man who, in his best man speech, compared Amanda and I to a 1998 Honda Accord. <laughs> that is uh i don't know what happened but the wedding dj called him yoon when he introduced oh, him <laughs> oh no <laughs> ptsd right there when everyone pronounced my name wrong and uh the old reliable the honda accord uh there you go okay Got to see that go but i did leave all six of references out so zero wait why the hell is your name mistake for a J mistake for a Y? I don't know. They were in, they were in Central America, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot. They just they just thought <laughs> hey, hey Yoon Juan. You're, <laughs> hey, you're Yoon June. I'll tell you what, you're Yoon from now on, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I have to say, Amanda did take some offense to being compared to a, a 90s car. <laughs> Um, old reliable is, is pretty good, but she, she thought we were at least a, a 2020 like Tesla or something, mm. like a, you know, a little flashier than a, a Honda Accord. Um, I'm glad you didn't put any Philly sports references because I had three in my vows alone. <laughs> so that was probably a good move. But anyway, uh, next we have the man who has his salesman hat on mm. Dave DeBacco. Listen, buddy. I, measuring your sentiment the last the last twelve hours or so, I don't, I don't know if I need the salesman hat on. We'll see. We'll see how we'll the see. pod goes. But it's a it's a new era, and I'll I'm excited to explain why. <laughs> and last but not least, we have someone who was feeling some type of way during that hardened home opener, JV Mudbones. Yeah, it, it's all been great, and nothing felt better than tonight. Max is. Always has been untouchable, and it's just proving us right. We did say that. I think one of our, our titled podcasts <laughs> early last year, it might have been the preseason, was that Maxi was untouchable. And, you know, maybe you're right. So, fellas, we have a lot to get to. Our last pod was probably early February, definitely before February 10th. 
Harden wasn't even a sixer yet. Trade deadline was not here. Um, I admittedly did not think that Ben Simmons was going to be traded. And boy, was I wrong. But I did say if we a trade went down, it was going to be while we were on a plane to Costa Rica. So me and June, thank God we had uh, Wi-Fi and was able to go on Twitter. And June broke it. June just screamed, oh, my God. And I looked over to him. He was in the row next to me. Not a good thing to on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) And that was that was that was it. And we went nuts on the on the airplane. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did he he didn't say Woj bomb on the plane, did he? He he did not. He did not. That would have been uh there were better, way better words to say than uh than that last part. But uh yeah, it was just it was just Craziest on the airplane. We were me and June were rejoicing. We're we're flying out of JFK, so like you know, there's no other Sixers fans but me and June. Uh, so that's how we found out. And uh, four games in, here we are. We had uh, we played, started off with a bang versus Minnesota. Won that game by thirty. Uh, had another nice uh, fourth quarter finish versus the Knicks. Last two games started off a little sloppy. Ended up coming back from. Uh, 18, 20 point deficits versus the Knicks and the Cavs. So June, start us off. How are you feeling during the beginning of the James Harden era? Well, I'd like to recap what my proposed trade was before when it was (laughs) (laughs) when it was uh, you know, it was hopefully Toby for James, but I mean Sorry, right, we gave up Ben. And uh, finally, he's gone. And we can finally start this season, even though we're like, what, 60 games in? And to recap the last four games, man, it's, it's just so refreshing to finally see an offense that makes sense. Nothing's clunky anymore in the half-court setting. We finally have a guy that can just create on his own and create these wide open lanes and shots for everyone else. And it looks like a lot of the players on our team now are getting the looks they want. They're all playing much better than before, except one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, dude, this is, this is amazing. Man, he's here. Uh, he's we'll, here. We'll, we'll talk about that one. But Dave, you go next. Your uh, James Harden first impressions. God, nothing else I can really add to that. It's just, you know, I really believe, I truly believe, and this is part of my sales pitch to you, Nuge, to surrender and give in to the greatness that is that is upon us. It is all, everything we've been through, you know, the Joel Embiid's double broken foot to Julio Locafor speeding and his dad and Brian Colangelo and Jerry Colangelo and the Burner Gate and the Ben Simmons saga, the Markel Fultz saga, Zaire Smith, the Elton Brand tenure, Al Horford, Josh Richardson, Ben quitting on the team, probably forgetting some things. But like all those things happened and they led to this. And we have James. And I'll let JB talk more about how our first impression of the first few games. But since we haven't potted in since before the trade, I would just want to go back and, and I want to talk about Daryl Morey real quick. I want to talk about the executive of the decade, Daryl Morey, executive of the decade. 
he already had the had executive of the year locked up, in my opinion, from the way he handled the Ben situation and said, fuck you to clutch the entire season. But turning it into James Harden, I didn't think I mean, toward getting toward the end, I had some hopium that maybe we could pull it off. It just all kind of started to line up with all the, you know, how he kind of quit on Brooklyn and everything. But um, I mean, this was every all year. Everybody was bashing him. You know, they, they got to get CJ McCollum. You got to get Tyrese Halliburton and whatever. And we got James Harden. I mean, he did it. And the best part, let's let's give a round of applause to our boy Tillman, Tillman for Tito over in Houston. He could have had Maxi and Fivel and Simmons and picks a year ago. But now we got and, and Stephen A. Smith has the gall to say that Daryl Morey got hosed. We gave up a dude that who knows when he's going to play next. I mean, he he's week to week, weeks away. The back injury is worse than they thought. Probably just doesn't want to play in Philly because he's a coward, as we all know. But I mean, we gave up a guy who was never going to play for us again. That was a total zero. And Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and two first round picks like the one in 2027 is the one you maybe worry about, but like Tyrese Maxey is, is the, is the 21 year old max player who's going to be here for the next 10 to 15 years. So who cares about the 2027 pick? We're going to be like, we have a present, we have a legitimate present and a legitimate future. This is the first time in our life that we have a real chance to bring a title home. And I think it's going to happen. I think, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be this year, We'll see. I, I mean, it's been, it looks really good so far. And, um, you know, the last couple games, not as pretty as the first two games, but still, you know, they, they got the wins and, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm rambling at this point, but I just want to give a tip my cap to uh, Daryl Morey, executive of the decade. He did it. He reunited, he full circle, Sam Henke started the process and drafted Joel Embiid and Daryl Morey just tied it all together and brought his guy, James Harden, back home, and we got it. We got Kobe and Shaq. We got Ginobili and, and Duncan. Tony Parker, Ginobili, and Duncan, if you want to throw Maxi in there. We can talk more about that. But, JB, toss it over to you. What do you – you? I, I'm done rambling for now. I mean, for the first – so what, he's played for four games. Um, it's been amazing. Uh, I mean, they all, all Minnesota was like a blowout from the start. But the other three games have been sloppy. Like the the cool part is, is we are now we all have the feeling that if we go down 15 in the first half, like we're the team that's gonna come back versus us being up 15 saying, Oh, we're gonna blow this. Like we now have a guy that at all points you could just give him the ball and he'll get fouled or something. Um, like worst case scenario, he gets he draws a foul. Like not worst case scenario, Shake Milton's our ball handler and gets strips at half court, stripped at half court. Um, it's amazing. Um, the only downside has been seeing a little frustration. Uh, we saw Embiid throw up his hands a couple times today, but like him and Harden can throw their hands up all they want. They'll figure it out together. They they want to win together. Um, mm-hmm. Getting mad at Toby, that's uh, going get could get a little ugly. Hopefully that stops pretty soon. But like my favorite is Maxi by far. Um, and it's funny, like, I usually just <coughs> argue against anything that is anti the players I love. And, like, going into this year, it was, like, of course I was on the team of Maxi can be our starting point guard. He's the best ever. 
Um, and he did fine for a 21 year old, but maybe, or clearly like he, he's, he's a two and a phenomenal two. And like, they thought he was Harden was going to take away from points from Embiid and aside from tonight didn't happen. They said Maxie's going to be just like a small role player. The dude's what average Dave, I think you showed us a stat. That's like, I don't know, 25 for his four games. Can I read uh, it? Yeah, please. Keep talking while I pull it up. On absurd percentages, uh, chucking threes, which is what we need to surround Harden and Embiid uh, with. Um, so, I mean, I'm with Dave. I'm not going to predict that we win, but we are one of the four teams that like should have a real chance at winning. We These next, I don't know how much longer the season is, but the next – the final remaining games, it's just a, a tryout for the rest of the year. Learn how to play together, figure out the rotations, Doc. Um, and the shit's about to get really real soon. I got uh, I got two two stats I'd like to say before we go back to you, Nuge. Tyrese Maxey since the James Harden trade. 26.8 points per game. 65% field goal percentage. 70% three-point percentage. I'll say that again. 70% three-point percentage on five attempts per game. On five attempts per game. That's the first stat. The second stat is that the, the trio of Harden, Embiid, and Maxi before tonight's game, they were the first trio to ever each score at least 20 points a game in their first three games together. And tonight they did it again. So more history is being made tonight. The first trio to score at least 20 points each in the first four games in NBA history. And it is just like the whole maxi scoring guard off the ball playing his natural position. I don't know. I didn't see it like this. I mean, yeah, we've all loved maxi forever and always had really high hopes for him. But like, oh, my God, dude, <laughs> this is crazy. This is totally crazy. And it's a whole nother dimension. It's a whole nother dimension. And it makes us even more legitimate. Like, we all thought or knew that, like, Maxi is the third best player on the team. Um, it's kind of funny. Brandon was definitely – we were playing – messing around with Brandon. We all watched the Minnesota game together, and he was adamant that no, Toby's our third option. Um, and that's probably, like, going into the first game. Like, that, you could fight it all you want. But after these games, now it's kind of just become a joke. Um, like, Maxi is the guy. And Toby needs to slide – like if there's anyone that I don't think would cause a fuss for getting your role like reduced, I think it would be good guy, Toby. So like, I hope he's going to accept this reduced responsibility. And like, I think every post game interview he's been called out, not in like a bad way, but like Toby just got to keep shooting. I'm going to keep telling him that like most NBA players, especially those making 30 plus million dollars, hopefully take that in stride and um, fill that role if everyone's telling them that's what they need. I mean, he's he shot more. I mean, he's still passing up on a few too many. Um, but he he did what we wanted to for a couple games. Um, tonight, he kind of pissed me off, but we won because we have Maxi and Harden and obviously Joel. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. I know I know Dave said let's let's hold off on Toby to the end of the pod because the vibes are too good, but I I'm trying so hard. And like what what Joe's saying is is like it's completely right and it's it's kind of triggering me. So I, I'm gonna start with Maxi. 
but I may end end my talk with with a Toby observation. Before you before you go, Nuge, let me ask you. You've been off the grid for a month now. What have you What have you seen? What have you seen? Did you like? Did you send Amanda to the spot and and pull up hot game highlights and watch rewrite? Like, how do we? How up to date are you? Have you seen all four games? What do you, what do you so, got? For um, yeah, sure. So uh, Amanda is a sweetheart, and she even encouraged me to watch some Sixers games when when Harden was playing. Um, the thing about Costa Rica is like, so we do a lot of the stuff during the day. Uh, we're not much nightlife people, so we, we would kind of do what we're doing throughout the day. You know, grab lunch, grab dinner, and then by nighttime, we're kind of just resting up for the next day. So she she did her own thing. She relaxed. She let me watch the Sixers. So it was uh, it was great. I did. I watched most of the Minnesota game. Um, the next game in New York was an early game, so I I caught the uh, the fourth quarter, and then I saw the fourth quarter of the last game versus the next two, and then we got home. We got home. And time to watch the, but I was at my parents' house, so I, I watched only the fourth quarter of the Cavs game as well. Uh, but Harden is just like what Gene was saying. Like we have never had a player like him, and it's a completely, especially during the last four years with Embiid. Just to have someone able to create off the perimeter is it, it looks like witchcraft. It's something we've never seen before, and it, it looks so easy for Embiid. Like. I don't know what the numbers are, but I think it was like 50% of Embiid's baskets before Harden were unassisted. And then now it's like 70% of his baskets since in the four games are, are assisted. So like it, it's, it looks so much easier for him. I agree with Joe. It, there were some moments where it looked like they still need to work on some things and they're four no in those games <laughs> uh, beating, you know, Minnesota is not bad. They're actually pretty good. I've been, I said that the whole time. Everybody, Stephen A. Smith and all these idiots on ESPN have been saying, oh, they beat Minnesota and the Knicks twice. Minnesota's good. Okay with the Knicks, but, you know, they're still a Tibbs team that's scrappy and is going to play defense, and they were tough, and they put up a good fight both games. And Minnesota's very good. They're a legit playoff team in the West, I think, right behind for the sixth seed. And um, that was a that was a really good win. And tonight, the Cavs, I mean, I did the Cavs, the Cavs like – is our de- I don't know if our defense is actually that bad. I mean, James Harden is no worse of a defender than Seth Curry was, you know? Like, I think it feels like these teams are just, like, play having the games of their lot. Like, they're just coming to play against the, the new-look Sixers. And uh, that would must have been, like, Cleveland's game of the their first half, the best first half they played all year. That was ridiculous. And we were only down by eight at halftime. I feel like we were down by a million. Yeah, yeah you're saying, like, we got their best games the last two games. Cause they know what they're going up against, you know? And I think it's encouraging that like he, he, June said it in the chats. We asked June at halftime. He says, I'm not worried. You know, like, like Joe said, we're the team that we think is going to come back because, because things normalize and you can only have these threats and hold them back for so long. And eventually they're going to get the easy buckets. Eventually, you know, the Cavs and the Knicks, they, they cooled off in the second half. So like, it's, it's beautiful to watch. Uh, I do agree with you guys that the the crunch time needs a little work, but like you said, like this is the time they're working on. It, you know, we had 20 games into the playoffs. Um, I'll get to what I feel like is going to happen later in the season, but uh, I want to get to Maxi, and uh, I may touch on Toby unless we really do want to save it for the end, but I might not be able to help it. Uh, Maxi has no business being as good as he is. 
I think Dave, you said it, we all like had high feelings about Maxi and what, how he's playing right now is beyond any expectation I could have had for him. Um, we had some concerns early in the year about him being point guard. Um, some of us thought he was a natural too, and he's just thriving off of Harden right now. He is the third piece of the big three. It's not Toby. It, it, it isn't. And um, ah, fuck, I'm going to talk about it. If you watch the ESPN uh, pregame shows, halftime shows, you know, Sports Center, no one's talking about how great at beating Harden of a threat they are. Like, you know, Kevin O'Connor, like the, the smart guys talk about it. But then you have Stephen A. Smith on there saying they have to get Toby going. And my, my question is why? Why do, why do Harden and MB need to get Mr. $180 million going? Like, and let me say before you continue, they clearly are trying to, and it's not working yeah, because we're exactly. falling so far behind. <laughs> we're it's falling like, so far behind at the beginning of the games, and then and then James and Joel and Tyrese have to dig us out of it, and they are. And apparently, I mean, was showing some clear frustrations to Toby today. I didn't catch most of the game, but I heard that was going on. And it's like, dude, you're supposed to be this good. You you got paid this much money. You have two of the top ten players in the NBA making it easier for everyone else for, for some reason you can't get going. And it's on, it's on Harden and Embiid and Doc's trying. So like, you can't blame Doc to get I'm going. Like, blaming Doc for trying so hard. Stop. <laughs> exactly. Like, tell him to stay in the corner and, and he'll do it. I think he's shooting more threes, but there are so many times where he's wide open. He's still passing it up. Like he can't help himself. Mm. And uh, my prediction is he's going to have a huge fuck up in the playoffs. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not even exaggerating. I know people are going to listen to this pod and say, oh, there's new Jonas anti-Toby slander again. He's going to have a major fuck up in the playoffs because they're going to zone in. They're going to say, make Toby beat us. And that, and he's going to fuck up because he, is, he can't hit the th- – there was a ma- – there was like a three-pointer he could have had that the, the Wells Fargo Center would have exploded. And, of course, Clank. <laughs> like, of course. So that's that's my rant on Toby. Uh, I'm sure you guys are seeing the same. He's in his head too much. And if he can't figure out a way himself to be able to gel with them beating Harden, there's no place with him on the team. And next year he has to be gone. And I think Daryl's going to do what even now, I think Daryl's going to do whatever it takes to get him off the team. And that's why I think next year is our real year. Um, for contention, but um, when you have these two guys, I understand why you think uh, why not us this year. Um, so uh, unless you guys have anything more to say, maybe this is a time for uh, oh. you guys to convince me why this year is different. I'm a little less concerned on the Toby front. Like, like I don't think a team can just say we're going to make Toby beat us. Like, yeah, they could have said that before when it was just Embiid. But, like, I don't think a team can just neutralize both Embiid and Harden. Uh, Like, I do think we're going to get rid of them. We're going to trade them or figure out a way um, after this season. But I, like, don't see it being the thing that holds us back. Um, I hope – I mean, again, it's been four games or whatever. Like – He's in the tryout period too. Not he's never going to lose his starting job as much as Niang should start over him. Um, but 
he's got to just get more familiar with this new role. And like, it's so much easier. Like obviously everyone's probably in Maxie's head. Like, Hey, you got to start chucking threes. Like he was going from being a rookie to a second year player. Like Toby's been playing this way for, I don't know, 10 years. Like he's not going to become a, a, a quick trigger three point shooter. It's just unfortunately not. Um, but if he's shoots four instead of one, like that's that's a win for us. I even like I thought I actually thought he played he was fine the first two games. The last two games, the second New York game and tonight against Cleveland, he is trying to do way too much. Way too much dribbling for for a team that has Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey. Way too much. But the first two games, I actually thought he was fine. He was catching and shooting without hesitation. And I think he shot like uh, in the in the Minnesota game. I think he was two for six from three. And they were all <laughs> we laughing at Juno. <laughs> I'm trying to give him some credit here. He was uh, he was quick releases, two for six, and then and then two for five in the first next game, forty percent from three. It was fine, and he wasn't like doing too much black hole dribbling, posting up, trying to do. And, but the last two games, like, uh, uh-uh, no, not now. We've suffered so long, and we finally have it, and you're not going to ruin it. And honestly, look. Look, I said this once before. It's on here. And I've whole I'm not even trolling. I'm not even trolling Brandon. I really believe this is for the betterment of the team. If he swallows his ego and does some Iguodala shit and our bench is bad. Our bench is not good. We need we have no scoring off the bench. Nothing. It's all the starting lineup. It's all Maxi and Beat and Harden, honestly. I mean, they're, they've scored at least 80 points combined in all four games or just under, I think the one game it was 78, tonight it was 80, and then the first two games it was 89 and 87. I mean, like Maxi and Beat and Harden are our offense. How about um, Toby pulling some Iguodala six-man shit, coming off the bench, feasting on second units, being being that spark plug. <laughs> I can't even say it. Being that spark plug <laughs> scorer off the bench to feast on – you know, feast on the the other team's second units and and just put the minivan in the starting lineup because we need that spacing. We need James, Joel, and Maxi need that extra space out there. They don't need to try to get somebody going. You know, just for his little his little fragile ego uh, and you know and and the optics of the whole thing because he's a max player and then all the talking heads on ESPN are saying that we have to find a way to get him going. No, fuck that. Let's actually he could sacrifice you know, all the, everything and, and do some Iguodala shit and, and do something that, you know, can help uh, make our starting lineup, our, our stars even better and also improve our biggest weakness, which is our bench. So I don't know who knows. I mean, maybe doc and uh, maybe he gets so in his head that he voluntarily does it. I don't know. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, but maybe it's not that crazy. Do you guys think there's any chance in the world that of that happening? No, but I do agree that it should. Yeah, like all jokes aside, it should. It's the I, best I, thing. I mean, like I agree. It, it's especially if we're like I love Matisse, but this is part of the issue, which is the part of the Toby thing. It's like teams are leaving Matisse open for three, like they were leaving Ben. Um, and it's sad, but at least Matisse chucks them. Um, I don't really have confidence that they're going to go in, but if he makes one of four, I'm happy. He does. He it's. I want to see. I want to see Maxi Harden, Danny Green, George Niang, and Joel Embiid. That's what I want to see. That's our and best like, five. And 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 like arguably, 
we could it, it's we could leave Matisse's defense out there if we brought in a chucker. Um, like that, I I would love to test it out, and I think we tested it for like three minutes because I texted our group me um, the lineup of Embiid, Harden, Maxi, Nyang, and Matisse. Like I think that should be our starting five. Like at this point, starting lineups don't even matter. Like everything gets staggered after that. Yeah, but like it's gotta it's it's a little funky that like we're starting these games in a 10 to 15 point hole. Now I'm not saying that happens in the first six minutes with our starting lineup, but like if this other lineup is considered more optimal, Daryl, Doc, whoever figures that stuff out, like let's get out to a 15 point head start. Like let's blow teams out and just not let them come back. Like I think uh, they were saying that at the end of this game, like it's been great that we've came back from all these wins and it's amazing and it's fun and it's awesome. But like, we, we can't rely on this fourth quarter comeback strategy against, I don't know, the Bucks, the Heat, the Nets, and whoever. Um, mm-hmm. Like, let's make other teams have to do that to us. Yeah, I think it's all an experiment right now. They're trying to, you know, it's all tryouts. It's all tryouts, and uh, the Paul Millsap tryout needs to end. Tonight better be the last night of the Paul Millsap tryout. It's I guess DeAndre Jordan is going to play, and I'm fine. You know what? Honestly, like – Fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got DeAndre Jordan. I, at first I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then you YouTube James Harden, DeAndre Jordan expecting alley-oop highlights. And it's just them yelling at each other multiple different times over the last two years on the sidelines. But um, you know what? They wouldn't have signed him if James didn't sign off on it. I think they're friends, you know, I'm pretty sure they, they have some kind of connection. And like, here's my thing with that. Dwight Howard cooked on the Lakers dead in the water, right? They cut him. We sign him. Doc revitalizes him somewhat. We like Dwight. I like Dwight. I like Dwight when he was here. He was a frosty freeze out guy. You know, he proved to be unplayable in the playoffs, but you know, ultimately he was more effective for us than he was with the Lakers of the year before when everyone said he was cooked. Andre Drummond, same exact thing. Only ever, obviously everybody loved people still have problems with the James Harden trade because we gave up Andre Drummond <laughs> who was cooked on the Lakers last year. Totally done. We pick him up at the end of the summer and doc revitalizes him. Why not DeAndre? Why not DeAndre, who played the best basketball of his career under Doc Rivers? Why not? Why not? I'm, I'm fine with any, anything is better than Paul. I cannot watch another game of Paul Millsap back up center. It's, it's just not, not good. It's like I'm getting a PTSD of the Raptors series in 2019 when teams just attacked Greg Monroe when Embiid was on the bench. It's like when Embiid's out, they just go with the rim at Millsap and they get whatever they want and at least give me a, a – big body out there, somebody that can somewhat protect the rim and catch an alley-oop on the pick and roll. You know, I'm fine with DeAndre Jordan. I'm fine with it. I'd rather Paul Reed, but better than Paul Millsap. I, I think um, I think the door is shut on Paul Reed. It's too late in the season. He won't – He even with our big uh, backup big problem, he still can't see minutes on the floor. I, I think all hope for Paul Reed is done. Um and that is a uh, former all NBA first team, DeAndre Jordan, by the way. Uh, JB, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Doc hates Paul Reed. And like, <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, that maybe might be too experimental with 20 games left and we got other shit to figure out. Like, you can't deal with a, a rookie that. What, what did Paul Reed try to do the last time he got like big minutes? He like tried to do like a windmill dunk and just like tripped. Um, like, I love that. But I, I what, what was interesting tonight, they put Toby at the five um, for maybe like a couple minutes. And 
I mean, I have no idea if that works, but I'd like to see some experiments. Um, it was cool. If, it, if that is just like, I love the idea of being able to throw out different lineups that will work. I have no idea if that one will, but like give DeAndre Jordan a shot. Like what's the worst that can happen, right? If he's worse than Paul Millsap, then we play Paul Millsap and we, that sucks. But um, let's, let's see what it looks like. Um, June, what's your, what's your prediction for, for who's the backup center going into the playoff minutes? Um, I like that we pointed out that Tobias had some backup five minutes. Like, I think even in the Timberwolves game, when Embiid and Tobias was out there, Tobias was guarding Cat a lot, and Embiid was guarding, like, Vanderbilt. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe that's another strategy they might use in the playoffs. Like, like uh, Embiid guards the non-offensive threat, and Toby tries to, you know, use his body against – Somewhat of a offensive threat center, uh, but you know what? I mean, Sorry to interrupt, but um, <clears throat> Toby guarded Marcus All after Game One in that Raptor series, if you guys remember, and I mean did a decent job and had Embiid on Siakam instead. But sorry, I, I just wanted to throw that in there. So that's that's an option too. Wait yeah. on that one too before you get back and like and this one might make more sense, but Toby was on Randall for both of the Knicks games. Like Toby tries really hard, yeah. and we. <laughs> can't risk and be getting like a first minute foul. Mm. So like, I think this makes a ton of sense and kudos to Toby for being able to, I mean, I don't expect him to shut down any of these people, but the fact that like coach has enough confidence to even put that assignment on him, that's, that's like a little bit of a Testament. Mm. Yeah. He yeah. played really well versus, versus Towns in the first game. Like that's what we need. Like Dave said, he looked fine in the first two games. That's what we needed him to do. Just make it simple. Just play defense and shoot, shoot the open threes. Cut Being three and all that. That's it. Just stop trying to go one on one and all this fucking black hole shit. It's it's not. It's never been it. That's why we hate them. It's just not winning basketball. It's not winning right. basketball. And it's like, who cares about the contract thing? Just pretend, pretend Tyrese Maxey makes Tobias Harris as much. Switch their right. contracts. This is <laughs> pretend your Tyrese Maxey makes thirty-seven million dollars a year. Yeah, and Tobias yeah. should just catch the ball when it comes to him and shoot it and not even hesitate and try hard on defense and be a good locker room guy. And and that's a bargain at two, two and a half million dollars a year for that kind of player. You know, I'm i uh, I'm sorry that we're back to Toby, but it's just, it, it is when you have a Harden and Embiid, you don't need to force the Toby like Harden and Embiid are going to be so good. There's no need to get Toby going. Like for what reason <laughs> to score his points, to score points. It doesn't matter how you score them, to score the points. <laughs> It's nonsense. It doesn't matter nonsense. from from Toby. It doesn't matter from Maxi. Like you said, just pretend it's this is this is your role now. Like no one's looking at you anymore, Toby. It's harder than beat. Like don't try to earn your contract or anything. Just do what we need you to do. And uh, I don't know if it, confidence of him doing it, but um, but yeah. Sorry, we we took over. I took over. No, with Toby no. Again. So I mean, we all agree it's probably DeAndre Jordan and maybe some to- Toby spot minutes, backup five. And then uh, Niang, the minivan, and Danny Green have the three and the four on lock off the bench. And it seems like Shake has taken Ferk's minutes. It seems like Ferk is kind of dead in the water right now, which is a shame. I mean, like, Ferk has always been kind of streaky, and he's had – he's had – he's looked bad like this before, but he's also had periods, stretches where he's looked like unbelievable, like the next Bellinelli. And uh, it's a shame that – he can't be on one of those hot streaks right now because I think 
that's the kind that he would really, you know, Furkan on a hot streak would really do well with Harden. So, and it seems like I don't, I don't love shake. I really don't. I mean, he's played well the last couple of games, but um, there's always that doc factor because shake gave the Clippers 40 that one time. So doc okay. is always going to love shake. And uh, it seems like shake the last couple of games is taking those Furk minutes, which I, I'm not, I don't really love, but I mean, obviously I, I think we can all agree this summer, if we can turn Tobias into a three and D four in the starting lineup, a backup center and a scoring guard off the bench. I mean, that's like ideal. And you just let, you let Maxi Harden and Embiid just be this three headed monster surrounded by three and D glue guys. I think that's like the ideal blueprint this summer, but uh, you know, we have what we have for now. And uh, I, I still feel good. I still think there's a real chance we can do it this year. Every team's got flaws. I mean, we mm-hmm. just don't watch them. Like, we say our bench is trash. Like, I don't think any of us watch any of the other teams. Like, every team's bench is probably not great. Um, I mean, this is our roster. I think it's led <coughs> by our by Daryl and Doc. Like, so let's make the best of it. I still think we are a top, I don't know, five contender, a top four contender, and that's – Literally, as GM says, that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, um, things are going well. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still a little broken. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. Um, things felt good last year. Uh, I but guess we so knew, it, we knew, we knew it wasn't real, though. Yeah, you could say that. You know what? We don't have Ben on our team anymore, which is a huge factor. Because all the weirdness is gone, you know what I mean. Well, wait, last. I, I, let me say before you continue. Last year, we always. It's all. That's the. I love this pot. We have all. It's all archived. We always knew Ben and Tobias were big, fat, stupid, fucking losers, <laughs> and we were never going to really win anything with them. And the f- number one seed last year was Fool's Gold, and we had some hope at a real playoff run because of how perfectly the playoff thing broke for us we got the wizards in round one and the hawks in round two i what i think what was my quote we've been gifted gift wrapped a a trip to the eastern conference finals and if it doesn't happen something is horribly wrong and it needs to end sure enough i think we said cakewalk i think you might said you might have used the term cakewalk i use either way we all use it because it was fucking supposed to be either way we knew ben and toby were big fat losers and we never win anything with them we knew it deep down inside that there was and I we always knew that Daryl would put a real star with Embiid and fast forward. We're here, Nuge. There's no need to be scared anymore. Surrender. Surrender. Look, go toward the light, Nuge. Go toward the light. So uh, I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm broken. I'm jaded. I'm waiting for something weird to happen. You are 100 percent correct about last year. So, guys, tell me why. I'm still waiting for something dumb to happen, like Nick Stauskas hitting five threes in game seven versus us. <laughs> so, guys, <laughs> tell me – guys, tell me why this year is different. Because the curse has been – well, that, that too. We but, get Yeah. We're the Sixers. No. The curse has been lifted. Tobias to, to Harris still on the team. No, because well, look, departed. Ben – Ben Simmons is it's the Colangelo curse. Okay. But the final piece of the, of the Colangelo curse has been lifted. Ben is gone. Ben is gone. Fultz is gone. Well, Cor- Cork Maz is look, he forgot how to play basketball these last few games. 
right? But that that is not enough to to dampen the magic that is that is manifesting and brewing here. It's not enough, and uh, he's going to be out of the rotation anyway. So it's uh, it's it's here, Nuge. This is dude. This is it's two. This is once every twenty years. Like in the early '80s, it was Dr. J and Moses and Barkley, and then in the early 2000s, it was AI for a couple years. It was cool. And now 20 years later, this is it. This is like a once every 20 year thing. So this isn't the time to be, to be nervous. And this is our, this is it. This is it. This is when, this is what we tell our grandkids about this team, this, can this, he, this era. Can he sign his damn extension? Cause like if, if there's one little dark spot in me of like fear, he pulls it's a Butler. That, it's that like something go, we don't win. I'm not saying our team blows up. We don't get us. <laughs> We want to. Me and News get price gouged twenty extra percent on our season oh ticket. Oh my god! And then and <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, uh, let me go try something else. I like Houston better. Um, wait, wait, wasn't the story that like they he was like fully intending to pick up his option, but he didn't file the paperwork? Is that the real story? During, that was like the original story, but then during the press conference, I think it was like that was like it doesn't didn't matter. Like he could still sign an extension. They basically said. Boy, they it's it still hasn't happened. This is one of those things that like the, the clear cop out answer is gonna be like, I just want to focus on the season. Like I'll handle that later. There's nothing to worry about until it's something to worry about. <laughs> uh, Zach Lowe floated a rumor that it's like there's been whispers around the league that Harden may take a pay cut, and that would allow us to free up space if we move Toby for a third max guy. Do you think uh think they're Daryl and Harden conspiring a little bit? Is that how it works? Like, w- would he need to take a pay cut? Like, how do other teams get? Like, how did the Nets get their three guys? Aren't they all max players? Uh, I think it's it's a little different because we um actually I don't know I, oh, yeah. I gotta look that up to it whatever but I, I don't like, want. I don't because we'd have to move player. Toby, we wouldn't have like a full, full max spot for Toby. I get because we, of Toby or something. So like, I think we need a little more money or something. You don't want um, to deal, Dave? No, I don't. I don't want a third max player. I want Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, Joel Embiid, and nine other Robert Co- and nine Robert Covingtons. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. I'm with. I think you. I could agree with that. Maxey, like, more, more well-rounded. <laughs> Maxi Harden and Bede and nine Robert Covington. We gotta pay Maxi eventually, right? So maybe just I'm fine with like those three and have really good role players. Jordan, Jordan That's a three-headed monster. That is look, Daryl Morey. The last podcast we did, we talked before the trade. Daryl Morey went on the Ricky Sanchez podcast, and he he said Daryl Morey said that Tyrese Maxi's upside is Tony Parker. Those are his words. Fast forward a month later. We just traded for we have we've had Tim Duncan all along in Embiid. If Maxi's upside is Tony Parker, and now I really see it since we just traded for Manu Ginobili, James Harden, the lefty playmaker that can get you 40 any night. This is we are the Spurs. You guys understand? We have Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and Tim Duncan. I don't think we have Greg Popovich, but <laughs> This you know, like, well, kind of Glenn Rivers like, thinks you have Greg Popovich. <laughs> yeah, he does. God, kind Jesus. Facetiously, um, like, I I don't really I, – I, my memories go away after, like, 30 days. 
Like, I don't fully remember how good that trio was, but, like, aren't all of our players better? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Like, Harden is obviously I, considered better than Oh, Jones. Jesus fucking Christ. It's, the, it's, the, same, it's the same dynamic. It's, it's, the scoring, it's the scoring point guard with the playmaking shooting guard and the dominant low post big man. It is interesting that, like, everyone said that when Hardy went to the Nets, he, like, turned into the facilitator role. He didn't need to be the game-changing scorer that he was forced into at Houston. I, like, didn't watch any of the basketball to confirm or deny that. But I am surprised how much he, like, doesn't look to shoot. Aside from those, like, when you know he's, like, locking in on that little crossover three thingy. Like, he looks the pass. Sometimes I'm like, shoot. Um, like there's four seconds left in the shot clock. Don't give it the shake. Shoot. He doesn't like a prayer. Like that's you're allowed to shoot prayers. Mm -hmm. It's like James doesn't even look to, you're talking about James, right? Yeah. He doesn't even look to score until the second quarter. Like he doesn't even take a shot in the first quarter for the most part, maybe one, maybe he'll drive to the hoop, but he's just looking to facilitate and he's second in the league in assists. I got the stats up. I got the what is what is he at? He is he is second in the league in assists per game, 10.3 behind number one Chris Paul, who's 10.7. I mean, we have arguably the best and he what is he he is how many he's like right on the tail of of Reggie Miller for all time three pointers. Like two like, more. That <laughs> <laughs> we got so we have one of the best three point shooters of all time who's one of the who's arguably the best passing playmaker playmaker in the NBA at right now at this time with Joel Embiid, who's having this MVP season and Maxi, who's having this breakout superstar campaign. And it's just like, can Toby just come off the bench and start the <laughs> minivan so we can do this thing? Like, come on, come on. It's right there. You know what right I think there. about? I think about when, uh, when doc had, Toby with the with the bench lineups in the playoffs, and it's, I'm thinking like it's just going to be the same thing anyway, you know. But I agree with you. That should happen. I'm going to give Doc credit. I will give Doctor Doctor Rivers some credit right now because I I don't think we've seen any all bench lineups since this trade happened, and he's he staggering. He's still it's still the same stagger. It's it's he's not mixing up the staggering at all. It's the same cookie cutter. The starters start, and then it's uh, then Harden and uh, Toby go out. And then Maxi and Embiid go out and Harden and Toby come back in. But at least he it's like there's no all bench lineups. So I will uh I will give him that. And maybe I don't want to give him too much credit because this B ball Paul or this uh this basketball Paul, the Paul uh Paul Millsap tryout's going a little too long. But uh I the doc has been so far so good, I think, in these first four games, better than what we're used to. So Harden in the past four games after for some reason, worldwide Bob called, basically called him a ball hog. Um, 12 assists, 16 assists, 9 assists, 11 assists. People love um, the hate, man. People run with these stupid narratives, and they just – it's like, oh, God, I don't know. June and I um, talked to uh, Aruni a lot, big Nets fan, and uh, I always thought it was very interesting, like, why Harden wanted to leave. Um. And his, his input is that he thinks he has had it with Kyrie. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're Harden, like, he's, he seems like he's playing a lot more like himself than, uh, you know, this year was really weird for the Nets, so it's, it's hard to really take that as a, as a measuring stick. But, like, 
now that, you know, we have no one else to handle the ball. It's, it's all his basically. So he can do whatever he wants, you know? So he, he seems like he's being really creative now he's playing right now. And I think it's only going to get better. So guys, what are your realistic expectations for the rest of the season? I'm going to start with June. You're on mute. Rest of the regular season, or are we including playoffs already? You can, you can, you, we're going to talk about it again, but you, you can say <laughs> playoffs if you want. Oh, I think we're going to the finals. You don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> say that again. I think we're going to the finals. <laughs> How can, we, how can I? How can we not predict that? Like it's perfect. We're it's my prediction. We're amazing. We have Harden and Embiid. When they're ready to play and healthy, they're two of the top best. What six, seven players in the NBA? Like, how can you stop these guys in any half court setting? And we like, have Maxi, who's better than both of them. And, and Maxi. <laughs> It's absolutely insane. I, I don't know. I think, barring anything crazy from happening and any injuries, like I don't see how we're not the favorites to make it out of the East. Do you think our bench could be a downfall? I think Harden and Embiid are so good, and the staggering of the lineups Doc is trying to implement that that's going to cover a lot of that all bench or bench unit stuff, I think, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to the playoffs, because there's no way he's going to go 10 deep again. Like, like no way. Like, learn your no, lessons. It's, from, it's Glenn Rivers. There's year. no way. <laughs> learn your lessons and come on, like, get it straight. I'm so, looking up. The, sorry, June, finish your thought. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, so I, 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 I just don't see anyone stopping us in, in a seven game series. I, before I go, like I have to, I had to look this up again. So I went to the Bucks as an example to compare their second unit. Not that they play them this way. If they went all bench lineup according to ESPN, would be Javon Carter, Wes Matthews, Grayson Allen, Jordan Nora, and Serge Ibaka. Are they? Is that a good bench unit? No, where ours is better. So like, I, I just feel like every team's bench unit is not good. Hmm. Doc's just got to make – like, we obviously should never play all five at once. Stagger our guys and bring Toby off the bench. <laughs> Be the best – look, you put – put look, all right, how about this? Our – compare Milwaukee starting lineup to <laughs> our starting lineup without Toby. Ours is arguably better. I'd take Maxi Harden and Embiid over Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton and then take that bench that you just said and put Toby on our bench. That's whoa! That's the best bench player in the NBA. All of a sudden, see you, Williams. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you say? I missed that. See you, Williams, like the perennial six man of the year. Still, it's Toby's time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so it seems like uh, you guys are on board with with a trip to the finals. Is that right? Uh, Um, I think. I mean, it's hard to pred- – I guess if you're forcing a prediction out of me, like, we, we, should, we should make the finals. <laughs> you're right. It's, it's, it's really hard to say now. Um, how about this? What, what seed do you think we finish? One. <laughs> no, that's, that's, to me, it's very possible. It's very not possible. Not that it matters go, at all. Like, I'm going to go crazy right now. We're going to 
make the finals. We're going to win the finals. <laughs> We're going to have a parade this summer <laughs> down Broad Street, June, Philadelphia. And we are current. You ready for this? You guys are going to love this. We are currently second in the East, in a game above Milwaukee, two games behind Miami, who we play tomorrow, the first real test of the James Harden era. They're on a plane right now to South Beach, and we got a motherfucking showdown tomorrow night in uh, at, at um, FTX Arena. Big shout out to the crypto exchange, FTX, no longer American Airlines. And we are 39 and 23, fifth best record in the NBA, fourth best record in the NBA, fifth best record in the NBA. And um, we're 39 and 23. I think we finished with the same record we did in 2001, the last time we went to the finals, 56 and 26, which means I believe we're going to go 17 and three for the rest of the year. And I'm not kidding. These, uh, These next 10 games are kind of brutal. We are at Miami versus Chicago versus Brooklyn. At Orlando versus Denver, at Cleveland versus Dallas versus Toronto versus Miami again. 17 um, and three. 17 and three. Uh, yeah, it's just, we're, we're obviously going to talk about it again. So it really is hard to predict playoffs. It's going to be the matchups. And it's just really funny because I keep thinking about last year when we said we had a kickball to the Eastern Conference Finals and we lost to the Atlanta Hawks. But we no longer have Ben Simmons. So, well, what did we say? If 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 they 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 had a cakewalk to the Eastern Conference Finals, and if they don't get there, something horrible happened, and big changes need to be made. We made the big change. Something horrible so, happened. We made the big change. We could like you, play the Nets in the first round. <laughs> oh, oh God, I need that. I I need it. I, I was talking to Justin. Me and Justin were texting earlier, and uh, Justin said he had a, a weird feeling about it. He was a little nervous about it. Didn't want to see Durant in a seven-game series. I'm with him. I'd rather someone else take him out for us. No, I need it. <laughs> I need it. I need. I need potentially four games of Ben Simmons at Wells Fargo. That is like the. I mean, all the old, all the old timers want to talk about how the current NBA is soft and there's no rivalries. You want a, you want a rivalry. You want a fierce. You know grindstone fucking two teams that hate each other with bad blood and history and disgruntled stars that they swapped out in the same division. Oh my God. You want storylines and, and hype and nerves and butterflies and nausea. Ooh, I need it. I'm I, I love the chaos. I, you guys know, I love chaos. I think I need that. That's like almost like a rite of passage. We have to go through the nets. That could be like when the Bucks swept the heat last year. You know, that, it's just like they got through their demon, you know, and they they went on and won the finals. No. I don't think Ben plays this year. I was just going to ask that. At all. Joe, JB, we have your answer. Dave, June, what do you think happens with Ben Simmons this year? Interesting. Uh, I think I think he's going to come back after the Philly. Like, like, is so, he going to come back, like, with – I mean, it, it almost – like, from day one, all this BS, there was no shot he was ever playing March 10th. So, mm-hmm. either they're, like, covering his ass so he doesn't look like a scaredy cat with this, like, these new updates. Like, his back's worse than we imagine. Like, if he's out for two weeks. Like, are they, like talk about a tryout for them. We're, we're, we have 20 games left. If, 
they're gonna like bring in Ben with like six games left in the regular season. Like they're already a mess. Like, that'd be. I mean, they would have to. I mean, they've been like, everybody's everybody's been covering for Ben this whole fucking time. Rich Paul, the national media. I still cannot believe I cannot believe how Stephen A. Smith can get up there and say that Daryl Moore got hosed on this trade. It is like it's, it's funny. It's actually funny. Like it's it's pure entertainment. And um, they've been covering his for his ass the whole time, and they're making a mockery of mental health, and and it's kind of disgusting, honestly. Like frankly, I, I, it's 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 preposterous how this dude is continues to get a pass over and over again. And I guarantee on March 11th. He's going to get a scan back and his back is going to be greatly improved and he's ready to ramp up and he's going to play again this year. He's just a fucking coward loser baby who faked mental health to get his fucking paychecks because he quit on us. He's a loser. He is a fucking loser. And he's probably going to be playing overseas in a couple of years because if he has to come to Philadelphia for a playoff series, that will break him if he's not already broken. And I want him broken. I want him broken. If the Nets are covering for him so that he can miss the Philly game. And, you know, it just turns out magically his back's fine after that. If you're a Nets fan, you got to be like, all right, this dude might be like a fucking loser. What? Not even a Nets fan. If you're the Nets GM, aren't you extremely worried? Like, yeah, like is that a sustainable uh, treatment of a player? Like, I, I don't, I think they have to go all in. I think he shot down for the year. Wow. They uh, gave that, up what, what did they give up? Wait, wait, wait. They gave up Jared Allen, who made an all-star team this year. <laughs> Karis Lavert, four unprotected picks and four unprotected pick swaps for Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh no. That, assuming Ben was was perfectly fine. That's their that's the ultimate trade. Four swaps, four picks, and Jared Allen and Levert for Simmons, Curry, and, and Drummond. That's their final trade. Oh, no. Basically, yeah. Oh, God, this does not sound good. Oh, I mean, no, Sean Marks. <laughs> JB said it. If, if he sits out two weeks and comes back with, like, what, 10 games left? We saw in 2019 where we had Butler, Reddick, <laughs> Tobias, Embiid, um, and Simmons. Like, it's hard for the team to gel in half a season, let alone – you know, Kyrie's been in and out. Ben Simmons playing 10 regular season games. Like, that's going to be interesting to watch. And, like, Durant's amazing. But, uh, you know, when your team's so sporadic, it's it's not easy. We, we saw it before. So, that's going to be real interesting. I, I really wouldn't be surprised if they say, let's just, just shut them down for the rest of the year and start back next year. Who knows? But does anyone in the East actually concern you? Who, who are you most scared of in the East? Nobody in the NBA concerns me, and I'm not kidding. I'm we scared. have too oh, much. Have we dude, have too dude, much. you're shaking your head yes. Go I ahead, I still dude. have one fear. It's one team. The Celtics. Oh. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm still – I'll give – like, oh, I'm man. scared of Giannis, and I'm scared of, like, I don't want to play Durant or, like – Maybe I do want to play him, but I'm not not scared of him. He's the best player in the league, uh, or maybe. Like, I don't know. Do, would I take us in a series? Probably. I mean, Vegas still has um, the Nets as the favorites to win the the East. Nets, Sixers, Bucks. Um. So, 
I don't know, they still have hope. I, I don't watch. I just watch them from afar on the like game cast, and it's like every night I feel like they're down thirty. <laughs> like, <laughs> how is how is this a thing? Yeah, you know what? Um, admittedly, like a lot of like the past twenty minutes of our discussion is, is kind of silly because like there's so much of the season left, you know. But it, it is fascinating to think about. And we're we're definitely going to talk about it again. But these playoff series are going to be like like dog fights, and uh, it's just fun. Um, you guys know I like very low place to start the season, right? Uh, and just to have a chance this season is like it's it's refreshing that we're not throwing away this Embiid season. And uh, you know, just like knock on wood, hoping for the best for the rest of the season, and hopefully we get to see these teams deck it out. So, um, you know, we're all trust, uh, process, uh, trusters. So we, uh, we believe things happen for a reason. Right. So like Dave said, maybe we make this trade last year and we lose Harden or lose Maxi and we lose Matisse and, you know, and maybe this had to play out last year with, with Embiid and, uh, with, uh, Ben Simmons choking and the way we got the way we are now. So, um, Excited for the rest of the season. We'll see how just, it goes. The next next ten are going to be great. We have the Heat tomorrow. What's up, Dave? I've seen what I need to see. I mean, we're we're too much. We go on these runs. I keep saying it. Like we, we just go on these runs that are just absolute fucking haymakers. Like if we get it get it going, like it's just like whoa. Like we are a force. We are an absolute force. And I've never seen anything like it in my in my life. I don't, I don't think you guys have ever seen anything like it in your lives either. Sixers basketball, but we are an, we're juggernaut. We are a juggernaut and uh, nobody scares me. I'm not scared of anybody. I'm not, I'm really not. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at all these teams, I'm looking at Miami, Milwaukee, Chicago, Boston, Cleveland, Brooklyn. I could understand just because they have Durant and Kyrie, but I mean, we have Harden and beat and Maxi. And Thibel and Harris and Yang and Danny Green and, and I and uh, <laughs> and then like it, Phoenix and and like who I just I'm not I'm not afraid of anybody. Not it, it's so crazy to think about. Like this team looks a lot different without Maxi. Like not as scary. And like there's definitely a chance we could have not had him from last year if we made the trade, you know. So it's like maybe it had to happen this way. We keep Maxi. He like that maxi run tonight where he hit two straight threes and then the dunk. We haven't had a six year duo run like that in, in how long? You know what I mean? Like he's he's, he's awesome. He's, he's a baby one. And he's got 21. all and he's he perfect. just turned 21. Like it it almost seemed like James went out for the first time in Philly last night, and Bede seemed a little off all night, and like Maxi was the only one a full go. And that's fine because he's a baby and he'll be fine tomorrow. And Bede and Harden can have their off night. Just bring it tomorrow. Like, it's perfect. If we didn't have Maxi, I, I think I said all, all along, even before Harden was a thing, I said, I if we trade Maxi, I'm out on Daryl and I'm following Maxi to wherever he gets traded. <laughs> and we got to keep him and we got James Harden, who, like, I don't even remember. Was that ever a possibility until, like, a week before the deadline when these stories started coming out? Like, were we – was that – I guess, June, you called it. Or maybe was that before the room, the, the Toby for Harden? Was that before 
like I don't rem- I feel like it came out of nowhere where it was like, oh shit, Harden wants out. Wind Windhorse was our boy. <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> Wendy started breaking these stories and it's like, is this real or is it not? But it's the like deal zone. I was a hundred percent in for the Hal Burn trade. That was my boy. Um, and then it's just like, wait, we got Harden. <laughs> like, I didn't believe it was going to happen until it happened. Like it was, it was insane that it happened. And the deal, the deal zone was the best thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, <laughs> Wind, windy, windy, vindicated, windy, and windy. I like hated pretty both of them. Like as maybe a month ago, or now my two favorite humans. And in- oh god, Kendrick Perkins, man, that guy is a national treasure. He really is. He really is. Protect him at all costs, Kendrick Perkins. Perk, come on the pod. Come windy, on the pod, Perk. <laughs> we were, <laughs> windy. I'm pretty sure we were we were trashing Windy before. <laughs> like previous pods, we were trashing Windy, and all of a sudden he was like, we trust him with our lives. And he, he was right. Uh, he was more right than ever than than Shams and and yeah. Wo, wasn't Woj tweeting like this is gonna happen or something? Yeah, there's nothing there. They haven't had talks yet, <laughs> they haven't communicated yet. Last Windy, Wind, Windy, Windy say they were they were the burning the midnight oil two weeks before the um a little off topic and i feel like we're gonna wrap up any second but like i feel every everything i heard about harden was that he's like anti-social media he doesn't see anything and when when we hop off check out his twitter he's like posting pictures of him being a maxi with like funny captions one i don't think it's i feel like he's definitely hired someone to do this but i don't care like we are so easy to pander to from his answers day one at the press conference to like his post game interviews to him posting a picture of Embiid and Maxi saying when your little bro finally beats you in 21. Like <laughs> he's they they like each other and they liked each other even before Harden got here. And he's not making it any worse. He's making it better. All the players have said good things. He said good things. Like it's our year. It's our year. It's our year. Guys, what happens tomorrow night versus the Heat? We kick their ass. Yeah, we're going to win then, tomorrow. And then Harden gets to go out. Yeah, real. oh my God, 100%. There you go. That's his reward. Yeah. <laughs> Beat the Heat. Yeah. Fellas, that's all I got for you. Any, any last-second plugs to uh, to add? Life is good. Life is good. Welcome home, Nooch. We can't be going. We got we to gotta go. We got to pod more regularly. I'm thinking maybe even two a week. The, uh, Ramping up the James, Aaron, the James Harden era. Mm. Starting a new pod trend. Can we do a group order of Muscala jerseys? Oh, I'm down. <laughs> I yeah. cannot believe that hell that is the best thing that has ever happened to the Sixers. Yeah, he's what he is. What he was like the best case scenario of Fultz. Like best case scenario of what we hoped Markel Fultz would be is Tyrese Maxey right now, and we I believe got- we got that pick. We got that pick in the Markel Fultz trade. True or false? Very true. We yeah. traded Markel Fultz for Jonathan Simmons and that protected OKC first round pick that conveyed to us because Mike Muscala hit the shot and Daryl Morey selected Tyrese Maxey. Guys, trust the process. TTP. Trust baby. the fucking process. Always. Fellas, that's all I got. Thanks for hopping on. We'll get this pot out as soon as possible. Night, guys. See you guys. We're potting. Oh,